you know, parenthood is one of the most rewarding things that you can do in this world. But being a mother of a black son is on a whole nother level. Very, very, very scary. CC, CEO, wanna change your life? Come see me, yo. I'ma teach you how to build up wealth for your family. Not just for yourself, I'm a bestseller. A house flipper, a businesswoman, a gold getter, a big investor, a gold builder. I can teach you to get richer like millions, baby. You really about to fill your savings. You about to have multiple streams to pass your children, baby. Let me teach you to get your credit on track in the long run. You'll make it all back at Catalyst. And watch it all suck on your black gold firm, but we ain't all black. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Constance Carter. So I just wanted to share, uh, we were having a discussion. So the Net7 Collective, it is a group of beautiful black women from all over the country. We, um, we are, uh, I'm helping 100 black women to increase their net worth by a million dollars. And we have these very, very rich discussions about, you know, a lot of different things about, you know, personal development, professional development, how to really change our mindset and things that we can do, practical things that we can do to start building wealth right now, right now, today. And last night we were just having a conversation as women, as mothers of black children. And I have black children. I have four black children. I am a boy mom. I am a girl mom. I am a mom mom. And I, listen, my kids are my world. These are my babies right here. My kids are my world. Aren't they beautiful? Don't you agree? So I have three boys and a girl. Um, and I, <laughs> some, they may call me a helicopter mom. They may say I'm a little bit too much and that's okay. I get up all up in their business. Um, and so it's, it, it, I try to have a delicate balance. Don't we all try to have delicate balances as, as mothers of how we deal with our kids, especially as they grow into adulthood. Um, but I tell you, um, the things that having a black son is scary. It's one of the most rewarding, um, things you and I've had so many instances that I know firsthand the book, um, the conspiracy to, to destroy, uh, black boys by Joanza Kunjufu. If you have not read that book, pick up that book, the conspiracy countering the conspiracy to destroy black boys. It, <laughs> when I tell you everything that he wrote in that book, almost everything he wrote in that book has happened to me and my kids, my boys in one way or the other. And I'm just going to take you down and I would love for the, I would love to have your feedback. I would love for you to talk back to me. If you um, want to jump on here with me and share some of your experiences that you've had, I would love to have you. Um, I'm going to put the link in the, at the bottom so that you could text the number and we'll give you the link so that you can join me live because I would really love to talk to you about your experience as a mother of a black son. I have black daughters too, but a mother of black sons. It is a, it is the most rewarding and scariest thing that no one else can experience in this country. What we experience, um, you know, you as African-American men, us as African-American, um, women having boys. Um, I wasn't, I'm, I'm a single parent now and I wasn't always a single parent, you know, unfortunately life happens. Um, so I was, um, you know, married for a very long time. I was with my ex-husband for 30 years. And so, um, you know, we created, we tried to create an environment to where, um, we were very supportive of our children. We were very involved. I made sure that we were very involved in our children's schooling, um, made sure that we were an advocate for our kids because knowing and understanding, um, in this book, how different they treat black boys from everybody else. And when they have lower tolerance for black boys, they, um, they will be quicker to suspend the black boy than they will anybody else. 
Anybody has anybody experienced this? I've experienced this firsthand. Um, there's just things that happen as black boys that they, they just don't tolerate black boys as they do everyone else, even black girls. So my daughter being the oldest child, um, you know, her experience was very different. I was an, I was an involved parent when, from the time she was in kindergarten, I was the one, I was the mom that was volunteering. You know, I've been an entrepreneur a long time. So I was a mom that was volunteering, um, at all the school functions. I knew all the kids in her class. I was always there. I always wanted to be there. Um, it was a very different experience when, when I had, had my son. I'm not saying her life was easier. Uh, but I was definitely an advocate. I was like, look, you know, I will walk the halls, punching my fists, let them up, mess with my kids. That's how I am. I'll, you know, I don't play when it comes to my kids. I really, really don't. I'm like, who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to, you know? And so one of my kids is just one of my kids is like, okay, mom. Yeah, please call on my behalf. The other ones is like, please mom, don't embarrass me. I have to do what I got to do. So I'll just tell you like different experiences that I've had with my child. And again, if you want to come on and have a conversation with me um, about your experiences, I would love to hear them. I would please share them. Okay. Um, what's up? Just want to just acknowledge um, Mr. Simon from um, Queens, New York. Um, I want to acknowledge Melanie from Southern Cal from the, oh, okay. From the Bay. All right. I'm from the Bay as well. Um, so I just wanted to acknowledge a couple of people and I know, Hey, Falilla. Hey, Falilla. What's that's That's girl. We ain't talking about your Roth IRA accounts right now, but we will. I'll holler at you later. Um, I do want to talk about, uh, you know, my experience as a mother of a black son. So make sure you are following Constance Carter. Share this. Hit the like button right now. Hit the like button right now because what will happen is the more you hit the like button, the more visibility it'll get and the more it'll go out. But let me just tell you my experience. When my son was in second grade, this is my oldest son. So I, I had to start to set the precedent very early. Like I said, right now I'm a single parent. I'm the only one um, that is involved in their in their lives. But when, when they were smaller, it was the whole family. So the whole family would go to parent teacher conferences together. Me, him, all four of our kids, we would show up, we would show up and they would just think that that was the most unusual thing that they'd had ever seen. But we, you know, listen, I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna advocate for my kids. Um, but in second grade, I remember going to, we went to a parent teacher conference, my son Duters, very active kid. He was always talking. This boy talks so much. He was so inquisitive. He asked so many questions, Duters. He asked so many questions and I knew he was going to be really smart. I knew he was going to be really brilliant. Um, and he was just, just active, just in inquisitive, a normal child. So the, when we went to the parent teacher conference and the, the second grade teacher said, um, in a very nice way, you may want to get him checked out for ADHD. Now she's not even supposed to say that she ain't supposed to diagnose it. She ain't supposed to say nothing like that to me. And I said, okay, we'll take it under consideration. All right. Left that alone. I know my son doesn't have ADHD. I know he's just an active child. I'll be damned if I'm going to put my child on some medication because you cannot control your classroom. You allow him to get up and walk around. He get up and walk around. He's going to get up and walk around. Tell him to sit down. He's going to sit down. I knew my son didn't have ADHD because I had two other Holland babies that were up under him. So if he was seven years old, I had a five-year-old and had a three-year-old. My three-year-old cried incessantly. He cried all the damn time. Now, if he, if, if my seven-year-old son had ADHD, there would be no way he could be sitting down doing his homework while this other little ninja around here crying and carrying on. So I knew there was no problems with him, but I just let, okay, I just let that shit slide. And I remember, you know, maybe, you know, a couple of weeks later, maybe a couple of months later, my son came home and he told me the teacher, I guess he was doing what he do. 
And the teacher blurted out in front of all the kids and embarrassed them and said, when is your mom going to take you to the doctor? You know, I lit that motherfucker. I lit that teacher up. And let me tell you, she never said anything about my child again. She always walked on eggshells every time I came up in that room. You will never. First of all, I let your behind slide by even saying that in in the parent-teacher conference. But then you're going to sit up there and blurt this out in front of everybody and embarrass my child? No. Uh, contacted, lit her up, contacted the principal. We had a discussion she was reprimanded. That that was that. Obviously, they still didn't know who we was. Again, we have to be the ones that advocate, advocate for our children. Nobody else is going to do it for us because they automatically make assumptions about who we are. And my kids were in an a, a IB, an international baccalaureate uh, program. So it was very rigor, rigorous, very structured, very small, very non-black. Um, so the second time, in and, and, and third grade, um, the teacher was extremely mean to him. I forget, I forget what she said to him, but I had to let her know this is who I am. This is not that I'm Constance Carter, but I'm an involved parent. Um, this is who my son is. This is who, how you will not deal with him. And this is how you will deal with him. And I, I didn't have any other issues, but I had to lay the groundwork in order for them to understand that I am an involved parent and you will see me if necessary. Like Shouldn't be no problems. And after that, you know, we had no problems, but I had to set the record straight off top. How many of us know that we got to let these people know I'm here. I'll be watching you. I'm going to be advocating for my child because if we don't, they automatically make the assumption. They'll set our children to the side. They will compare our black children, our black boys to what the standard of a, a little white girl. They're very different. If you don't know how to deal with our black boys, then you shouldn't be dealing with our black boys, period. So I had to let them know, this is how you're going to deal with my kids. In sixth grade, I remember my son came home and he said, now this teacher had did something to my daughter and she never told me because she was one of those kids that didn't want no waves. I was like, who wants the smoke? She never let me give nobody no smoke at school. I didn't know until later things happened because I was always ready. She ain't never want to tell me stuff because she didn't want me up there. She didn't, she thought, she felt like I would make it worse. However, my son would tell me, <laughs> do this, he ain't play. So sixth grade, this, this teacher called him stupid and dumb. Dun, 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 dun. So I hauled me and my ex's asses out there to the school and we had a conference. And when I tell you, this man was literally shaking like a leaf. Um, and I told him, you will not, anybody with the last name Carter, whether he's mine or not, you will never call my child out of his name. None of my kids, nobody that, that looks like my child, you will never call none of my kids out their name. Um, and so, you know, the dad, the my ex, he didn't really, he, he was a man of few words. So he just sat there, you know, kind of try to look intimidating. And so I think it worked. Um, but again, we had to let them know. And... Uh, they tightened up. It's a shame though, that we have to keep letting them know what it is that we will tolerate and what we won't tolerate. Um, it, but we have to, 
We must. And, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing that we were talking about last night in the Net 7 Collective. We are all, you know, forward thinking, intelligent black women, women on the move, women on the move, women who who laid the groundwork. We've paid the way. We're, you know, successful and we've done all these things. And what we tend to do as women, because we do, we baby our children. We sometimes we want to make the path for them a lot lighter than it, it was for us. So now I tease, I, I definitely tease my daughter. She could tell you, I'd be like, my Kings don't got to do this. My Kings don't got to do that. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm make sure I lay it down because now me being the only, the, their only parent in the household, I, I have to prepare them for life. Cause if I don't prepare them for life, then life is going to tear their asses up. I am doing a disservice to my boys by coddling them by making life easier for them. So my, my oldest son now, you know, he takes care of his own business. My oldest son now, I don't have to worry about it. I always say he going to be my ticket out the ghetto because he's a highly intelligent, smart child. But, um, I, you know, I have to continuously, you know, put that out there and push them. I remember when um, they were in high school. Oh, so in high school, he leaves the international baccalaureate school and he goes to public school. Now, we had, he and he, me and his father had a very different way of how we taught them to interact with, um, you know, violence. I had a very different way of thinking. So, but their dad was more dominant, right? So they listened to their dad more than they listened to me. But um, he would say, if somebody messes with you, you don't fight back. You tell the teacher, I don't play that shit. This is my thought. If somebody gets into in arms reach of you, you start swinging on their ass. Don't let nobody get up in your face, period. So he gets into a high school. He's new at the high school. He don't, you know, he's come from this other environment. He don't fight. So this boy comes up to him and starts trying to punk him. Now, he's remembering what his dad says, don't, you know, do anything. And um, the boy starts swinging on him. He gets suspended from school. Off top, they automatically think that he was involved in this. And I said, well, what happened? And I told him, you know, I told my son, don't you ever be in a situation again and you let nobody put their hands on you and you don't put your hands on them back ever. I will always ride for you. You don't let nobody disrespect you in that way. But they automatically suspended my son. And when I called the, 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 uh, the vice principal, he said, oh, your son flexed up on him. I said, my son flexed up on him. Yeah, he flexed up on him. And that's why, you know, the guy um, hit him back. I said, my son just came out of freaking private school. He don't know nothing about no flexing up on nobody. And he was like, oh, okay, well, let me go. Let me go do my investigation is what your ass should have did in the first place. So now he goes, investigates and, you know, gets the stories from the other kids. And he finds out, oh, your son didn't do anything. No, he didn't. Okay, my bad. We're sorry. We're going to unsuspend him. You're damn right you will. But had I not questioned called called the teacher on it my son would have been he would have been in he would have been suspended they automatically make these assumptions as for these black males that they are in some way causing some kind of trouble we have to speak up for our black kids when my son was also in high school at this time he starts driving he buys his own car no i buy him a car oh no no so my son is super smart He's a senior in high school. My son is super smart. This boy is now, he's, so when he was 12 years old, my son took, I, I bought him the Dr. Boyce Watkins stock training program. And when I bought him that, I, well, I didn't buy it just for him. I bought it for all my kids, but he was the only one that finished it. And I said, whoever finishes this, um, I will give you $1,000 to invest. So I gave him $1,000. He invested that $1,000. He made $8,000. So then he created, a few years later, 
um, he took my $7,000 stock portfolio and he made 40,000 in a few, few months. So he was showing people how to invest in stock. So he had a stock training group where he was showing people how to invest in stock. So he made a lot of, he made some good money, he bought himself a car. Now he's rolling. He got his little Honda Accord. He's on in these with these wheels and, um, he's out with his buddies and, uh, some boys are harassing some girls. And so he goes and tries to defend their honor. The boys pull out a gun on him. He pew, takes off running. Now, as a black mom, you know, you're, these are things that you got to kind of prepare them for. It's unfortunate in this day and age that, um, that we can't have them honor women in the way that we want to because of a threat that they may get killed. There was a young man in the city that I lived in, same thing. He went to go help a, a young lady who was getting um, abused by a guy and got shot and killed. The boy was sold out. He went to our church. He was sold out for Christ. Got killed, unfortunately. So I always, you know, told my son, I teach my, I I've taught my kids how to be gentlemen from day one. It was so cute because when my kids were little, when my boys were little, they used to be like, I want to be a gentleman. I want to be a gentleman. And so they would always open the door for me and things like that. So I've always taught them what it meant to, you know, to just take care of women. And uh, so for him to get a gun pulled on him by another young person, another minority, not a black boy, but, to, uh, you know, to get a gun pulled on, on him was very scary. And of course he didn't tell me right away. He told me months later that that happened. That's a very real thing for us. That's a very scary thing for us to know that there's a situation where our, our kids may get guns pulled on them. My middle son, he and his friends went to a liquor store down the street from our house. They may have been horse playing. I don't know. I don't know what happened. According to them, they just went to the liquor store. The Somebody who worked in the liquor store pulled a gun on, on the kids. So you know what I did? I went in there and I had a conversation with them. And hopefully by the end of that conversation, they know that they will never pull a gun on a child again. Not, not nobody that looks like mine. Hopefully, hopefully I made an impact the way I read them their rights. You don't know who these kids are. I don't care if they come from the ghetto or, or they come from the, the, the other side of the tracks or whatever. You're not going to pull your, pull a gun out on no kids. Now, my son said that they were just in there. I don't know. They may, But you're not going to pull a gun out. On, 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 and at this time, I think they might have been in the eighth or ninth grade. So we have the threat of grown people pulling out guns on our children, threatening our children. That is a very real and scary issue that we have, y'all. Let me show you something. Let me show you my son. This is my son. He came with me to the Power Networking Conference a couple of months ago. My son, Warren Jr., Duders. Okay? This is, you know, this is who he is. Good kid. Um, but right after we took that picture, this was really scary. Um, he had just bought a Lexus. Um, all black on black on black. You see, he got the little dreadlocks and he was coming, we're in, we're in the East coast. So he's coming from Virginia and he was coming home. He was just going to see his girlfriend and, uh, he's driving and he calls me, Hey mom, um, I just got pulled over. I don't even know what I did. I know I switched lanes. Maybe I switched lanes without putting my blinker on. I don't know. So I said, okay. So, um, we just sitting there chopping it up. I said, uh, put me on FaceTime. So he puts me on FaceTime. He just got me on his lap and, um, it's like three, four minutes passed by and all of a sudden, I hear a police yelling. And my son is like, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? Tears streaming down his face. I'm on FaceTime. And this police officer has a gun to his head. You can't see it. I actually even recorded it. 
he has a gun to my son's head and he's telling him, um, you know, don't move. And, you know, and so my son is like, what did I do? What did I do? Crying, begging and pleading for his life. That right there. So the police officer made the assumption that my son, because he had dreadlocks and he had an all black Lexus, black on black on black. He gave all the excuses of why he pulled him over. Why, you know, you switched lanes and you were speed. He had no evidence of anything, nothing. Well, I didn't even know, you know, you had these black tint on your window and I didn't know if this car was stolen. That's what this was about. You saw a black kid with dreadlocks and you made the assumption that this car was stolen. And so instead of you pulling him over, and, and I'm sure he ran the license plate, you decide to put a gun to my son's head. He's 19 years old. Um, and my son said the only thing that he could think of was please don't let me get killed and while my mom's watching me on FaceTime. As a mother of a black son, it is one of the most scariest things that a person could deal with. <sighs> so I implore you, <laughs> if you have a child, a black child, whether he is a, a son or a daughter, it is a must that we advocate for our kids because this system is not friendly to our children. This system is designed to make sure that our children are imprisoned. I've always said, I don't care how much money I make. I don't care how far my kids' pants is pulled up to their chest. I know that at the end of the day, no matter how well-mannered they are, how well-dressed they are, that the police is going to look at them as criminals, period. So I always teach my kids, we got to run faster, jump higher, work harder, push further than everybody else. People don't like that, but it is what it is in order to be considered equal, but still, yet and still, you can do all the right things and yet still something happened. There is, there's more likely of a chance of something happening to our children than anybody else's. So going back, if you, if you want to join me live, go ahead and text the number 301-715-7807. Maybe you have a story. Maybe you've had some situations of things that happened to you, your children, um, you know, some things that you've experienced. Let me go to the comments. Uh, Kyle, or were there any comments that stuck out? Um, while my mom did something similar when a kid called my brother, the N word. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've had those two. Yeah. The N word. Um, Somebody said most women use children as pawns. Most women use children as pawns. Um, she said, my mom is not strict, but it reminds me and my younger brother to be careful when we go out. When my kids go out, you know, I got, I have, uh, I have um, their location every time they go out. And I always check at night. And I always, in the morning when I get up, let me see where he is. Let me, okay, he's in the dorm. My son is in college right now. Um, but it's, it's, it's just a very real fear that we have of mothers of black sons. 
And uh, I just want to, I want to um, just encourage you all um, just to try to do more. Um, I, I've been very fortunate because I'm an entrepreneur. So as an entrepreneur, um, two things, it's, it's kind of twofold, right? Because I, I've always worked extremely hard. Um, I built a business. I built the largest black owned business in our black owned real estate and firm in California. And I worked a lot and I would be the first one in the office and the last one out. And this son would be like, he would call me at 10 30 at night. Mom, can you come home? Can you come home? I remember when he was in the eighth grade, he said, mom, my biggest fear in life is that I won't be successful. Like, boy, why? You know, a lot of these kids, their biggest fear is that they won't reach 21. My son's biggest fear was that he wouldn't be successful. Uh, my other my other two boys, they're a little bit younger. They haven't had quite had the experience. But you know what? I'm glad that I moved to the to the East Coast. Um, I'm glad that they have a different type of experience. It doesn't mean that they're not going to experience or encounter similar things. Um, they're in situations where they're not the minority anymore. They're actually in the majority and they see things, you know, they're, um, they're being exposed to things that are a lot different. It doesn't mean that they aren't going to have incidences like this, but I've been fortunate enough that I've been able to build this wildly successful business. So now, now I'm not working as hard. My model used to be nobody works harder than Constance Carter. Now it's nobody works smarter than Constance Carter because now I get to be home. Now when I was, my kids were younger, I worked, work, work. Um, and luckily, you know, their dad was home with them and, um, they, they've always had somebody, um, now I'm home with them, but they're like, now they're like, mom, we teenagers, we don't, we only, we, we don't want to be bothered with you, but I'm glad that I, I now get to be there. I get to see, I get to be, I get to experience and have them, um, you know, just, I take them to school. I pick them up from the bus stop. Yesterday, my son had an issue, um, you know, at a school and, and I had to make a phone call what, what, what you need what you need. And so my other two sons, they are not like, you know, they won't tell me different stuff um, because they know I'm already, I'm always ready to take off. But I just tell you guys, we always have to be ready to take off for our kids because these people will stereotype, they will label them um, and they will try to put them in a box. Um, the, 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 the preschool to prison pipeline is extremely real. It's very real. This is an effort to keep your children and their mental health is very important. Um, I just want to make sure that we're caring for our black boys and we are not coddling them and we are preparing them for this world because our preparation is very different than other people's preparation. Um, cousin, cousin Dro said, police in Antioch raided my house when I was 17. My mom was not present. Boy, I knew them people wanted to do damage. The encounters are definitely nerve shaking. Damn, Cousin Dro, that's crazy. They can do whatever they want. Uh, there's actually some stuff going on in Antioch Police Department right now, right? There's a, a, a big discrimination lawsuit or something going on where there was they they they've been doing some stuff to black residents. Um, they've been terrorizing black residents in Antioch, California. Yeah, I seen that on the news. Um, with no warrant because they think that we poor, we don't have any representation. Um, we don't have, you know, we're not going to do anything about it. Um, little things that we can do as parents though, is we could just make sure that they see us, make sure that we're showing up at parent teacher conferences, make sure that, you know, we write in letters that they know who we are and that something simple like that, no matter where they go to, I don't know if care if they're in a public or a private school, when those teachers know that you're there and you're present, they will treat your children differently, period, period. Um, the best thing we could do is build our own schools and other institutions. And you're right. That's coming. But in the meantime, in between time, we have to work with the system. And, uh, you know, just being a mother of a black son or black children, 
we just have to be advocates. That's all I can say is that we have to be advocates. So I'm, I just wanted to tell you that I want you to share this because I want more people to understand and to know that they're not alone, more black women, more black people, more black families to know, because I think we get so caught up in so many things that we forget that that's important and it's a priority. It doesn't mean that we're bad. It just means that we haven't prioritized it in the way and we don't realize that our children are being mistreated. Black children are more likely to be expelled. Black children are more likely to be suspended. Black children are more likely to be disciplined, period. And if they know that their mom and dad are in, are there, they're, they are less likely to suspend them. Now, there was one time when, oh my God, I got a call. <laughs> I got a call from the school. My middle son, he, he, he was giving my, his mom was giving my ass the blues. Um, I get a call from the school saying that my son was cursing at school, my middle son. And, um, and so I said, well, what happened? And, she, and, and the teacher, the, the, the counselor didn't want to tell me the word. And I, and so we're, you know, we're going off me and his dad, we on three way, we on conference call with the school, with the school. And so his dad going off on him and, and I'm going off on him. And then we get off the phone and we're like, well, what did he say? I don't know. And, um, so we call back the school and I said, well, what did he say? And um, the teacher said, I can't say, I can't repeat it. And so she puts, she gives him the phone. And uh, I said, well, Kyron, what'd you say? And he said, I called the teacher a C-R-A-C-K-E-R. <laughs> and I was like, I was sitting, I just dropped the phone. And um, what happened was the teacher automatically assumed that he spilled Kool-Aid my son didn't even have no Kool-Aid. So he felt like she was racially profiling him. So then he <laughs> called her that, um, which I didn't condone. Uh, but I was just really outdone because um, I just think sometimes that my pro-blackness <laughs> and I'm, I don't, he didn't get that for me, but I think my pro-blackness caused him to, to say something like that. So um, I was a little embarrassed that he did say that, but listen, there are some times when our children are wrong too. And we have to acknowledge the same child, I'll tell you about that. I'll tell you he was wrong. Um, he was telling me that the Spanish teacher was always picking on him. She's always picking on him, always picking on him, always picking on him. So I said, okay, um, we're going to have a conversation again. I'm always ready to take off. Now he doesn't, he's not the one that normally tells me what's going on at school. Let's go. Let's, let's meet with this teacher. What's going on. So me, the father and the teacher come to a conference room. We waiting on him and the teacher wants to have a conversation before he gets in. I'm like, uh, 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 no, we're going to wait for my son. And so she's over there, you know, nervous and stuff. So my son comes in and, um, so I'm like, yeah, now what happened? And so she's like, well, he won't sit down and, um, he's not, you know, paying attention. And I said, uh, well, she, I, I said, well, why didn't you move him? He's always talking to us. Why didn't you move him? She said, well, I did, but he moved back. And I, and I asked my son, is that true? Did you move back? And he was like, yeah. So, so she start feeling vindicated. She's like, so she gets a smiling. And so basically my kid was acting up and I had to eat crow, but I was ready to go in. I did. I didn't allow her <laughs> to blame him for everything. I was like, well, you need to take control of your class. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that, that was on him. So I'm not saying that kids aren't mischievous. I'm not saying that they are not 
bad sometimes because we've seen time and time again on these videos how these kids are disrespectful. The point is letting these kids know right, wrong, or indifferent, letting these teachers know that we are here and we're going to advocate for our children. So she did know, and, and, and it was funny because his dad, you know, went off on him right in front of the teacher. So, you know, she really felt vindicated. Um, but it's important that they know that we care and we're there and that we don't play when it comes to ours. And, uh, you know, that's just what it is. I'm not that, I'm not that parent that says, you know, my kid ain't did nothing wrong because look, just like I acknowledge when my kids do something right, I'm going to acknowledge that they do something wrong as well. And they're going to be disciplined for it. So again, we have to make sure that we take those measures because when we send them out in the, in, in the, in the world, and if we babyfy them and we coddle them, then we are setting them up for failure. And we have to make sure that we are producing strong black men. One of the things that my daughter said was, you know, when I see a, a guy who's in his 20s and his mom coddles him, it makes me think, why in the world would I want to date him? What kind of boyfriend would he be? Then what kind of husband will he be? Is he always going to be dependent on his mama? His mama taking care of him? His mama doing his mama doing that? So what kind of men are we producing for these these women? You know, I want my, my, one of the, my, my son, I just had a conversation with him about this the other day. I was the breadwinner in the household. Right. So they daddy didn't work. So I, I, I brought home the bacon and uh, we were talking about that. How do you feel about that? Cause I want to make sure that, you know, they are the ones that are taking care of their households. And, uh, they were both like, I, I, I'll never allow a woman to take care of me. And I'm like, why? They're just like, I just, it just ain't in me. I just want to be the one to take care of my household. I think that's dope. And having those conversations right now. And so my, my thing is teaching them. Now I can't teach him. I can't teach him how to be a man. I could teach him how to be a gentleman and I could teach them how to treat women. But that's what, those are the conversations that we have is how to be the best man that they could be. I can only give them so much as a woman, as a mother, but I definitely teach them how to be gentlemen. I definitely try to teach them, you know, the things that they don't like in me, the things that they don't like in their father, you do different, you do better take note, take inventory, and you just be a better person. You just be a better parent. You just be a better husband. You be a better father. You be a better wife. You be a better mom. I often ask my kids, because I want to know where I'm measuring up on a scale of one to 10. How do I rate as a mother? And, you know, some of them be like, mommy, you a 10. I don't want you to tell me I'm a 10. I really do want you to tell me what you think, because I want to know what areas that I can improve in. I want to be the best mom that I could be in, in everything I do in my work, in my mission, in whatever I do, I want to be the best that I could be. I'm always on an evolutionary process and growth for self-improvement. So baby, how can I be a better parent to you? Mom, you could listen more. Mom, you could stay off social media more. Mom, you could um, give us more money, whatever that looks like. It may be something that's worth talking about. It may not be something that's worth talking about, but I want to be the best parent that I could be. That's just me. I give my room, I give my kid, I give my children room to um, have conversations. I give them room to, um, you know, express themselves. I just want to be the best person. I'm not trying to be their friend. My daughter is my bestie, but I let her know I ain't one of your little friends. We're very clear about that. We do have boundaries, but we, those are my ride or dies. So, um, you know, that's, those are just things that, for me, you know, me being a parent, I'm trying, I'm, you know, there's mistakes. Of course that I made, I'm not a, I'm not a perfect mom. Um, there's things that my daughter, my daughter be like, mom, sometimes I question your motherhood, your parenthood, because the things that you allow my brothers to get away with, 
Yeah, I'm not perfect. The things that you allow my brother, like when she was talking about, uh, oh, my my son comes home from college. He has the air all the way down to 60s. Like, so she's like, mom, when I, when, when I was cold in the basement, you was like, get you, you know, get another blanket. But, but him, he could, you could, you tell him to go sleep up in your bed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, I, I'm not a perfect parent and I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to portray that. Um, it's an evolutionary process. I'm growing too. I'm not a perfect person. I just try to be the best me that I could be, period. Uh, best me for my kids. Best me for whoever I'm in relationship with. Friends, um, people of the opposite sex, family, whatever. I just want to be the best me that I could be. So that's it. Um, before I head out, hopefully you guys are going to be at the ABNC, the All Black National Convention. Subscribe to I Am Constance Carter to my YouTube page. And, um, uh, make sure you just follow me and continue just to, you know, share this information. Now I want to talk to you. Oh, shoot. I forgot to tell you. Okay. So I got a Ted talk and I, and I have this video that I totally forgot to play. Um, but it's just real quick. These test scores are reflective of the, the lack of investment in these communities. Think about this. We spend $32 billion more on affluent schools than we do on impoverished schools. Meaning we spend $32 billion more on white schools than we do for children of color. And the test scores reflect that. Black and brown kids aren't inherently dumber. White kids aren't inherently smarter. They just have access to more resources. That's real. That's real. And shout out to D.L. Hughley for sharing that on his page. Um, that's one of the, the, the realest things is that there's a system that's set up against us. And we have to overcome hurdles. We got to overcome obstacles. But we are built for it because we've been doing it since the inception of this country. We just got to be more proactive. Um, I want to let you know that I have a real estate for rookies course. I uh, am a real estate expert, built a large black owned real estate firm in California. I'm a cannabis investor. Um, I am a real estate investor, commercial, residential, Airbnbs and all that. So I have a training that the I want first to property take that I invested in. I messed around and got a negam loan. When the balloon payment hit, my payment went up two thousand dollars on top of what it already was, and I could no longer afford it. And guess what happened? I foreclosed. Another investment property I had. Now hindsight being twenty twenty, I would have kept it. The market changed and it lost its value. I owed about two hundred thousand dollars on it. I ended up short selling it for $150,000. A year later, it was back up to 300,000. Today, it's worth roughly about 600,000. Mortgage payment was low, cash flow was still good, and there was really no reason for me to get rid of it. My first flip, we ain't make no money. We formed an LLC. Knowing what I know now, I would have done an S Corp. We ended up owing more money than we actually made. <laughs> I shared the, the mistakes I made because I made million dollar mistakes in real estate, but I've made, uh, I have a million dollar, multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. So I just want to teach people like you real estate for rookies. Uh, I have a, a training. Um, I'm, I'm pre-selling the course and I actually did a code to, for 50% off for the all black national convention. So if you go to real estate for the number four rookies.com, put in the code ABNC for all black national convention, and you can get it for 50% off. So go ahead and, and, uh, Take that course. If you are a black woman, 
Girl, I love you. I am doing the Net 7 Collective, and that's my goal and my mission to help 100 black women um, to increase their net worth by at least a million dollars. And so I do that uh, by just pouring into women. It's a, it's a mastermind, and I'm teaching all these different strategies in order to build their net worth. It's so cool, and it's so transformational. Um, so I just I've gotten more out of this than I ever anticipated. Um, just the direction. Like, I came in here with a solo, siloed mindset. And just seeing the opportunities that are out there when you open your mind and you get out and you meet people and you talk to people and you network. Everyone on the platform, I, I think that we're we're blessed and I believe in timing and I think that the timing for all of us is now. We're here for a purpose, for a reason. And it's no coincidence that we're all in the same cohort at the same time learning and and building off of each other that has just been such this has been such a dope and impactful a cohort that's the first cohort and we're on cohort two right now and so I'm interviewing um, black women if you know a black woman if you are a black woman I am interviewing black women for the third cohort which will start in November and I'm so excited about it um, it's so transformative um, we have like-minded women from all over the country that come together and we are sharing it's not just about me pouring into them it's about us pouring into each other us growing us exploring and just me sitting on the front row seeing these women grow and blossom and build wealth is transformational. So if you are interested, go to ConstanceCarter.com. Kyle, where is the the thing? ConstanceCarter.com slash Net7Collective. If you want to talk to me um, and schedule a one-on-one, book a one-on-one with me. Where's it at? Oh, if you want to uh, book a, a conversation with me um, to see if you would be a good fit for the Net7 Collective, I would love to talk to you. I want to talk back to you and talk black to you. So thank you guys for joining me. And again, we need to be the biggest advocates for our children. If you go into the all black national convention in Atlanta, I will see you there. I love y'all for real in real life. Peace.